Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including uh, special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our Florida State Senate President. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And my wife, Linda, will be joining us at the end of the show. <clears throat> it is January the 30th, and on this day in 1933, with the stirring notes of the William Tell Overture and a shout of Hi, oh, Silver, away, the Lone Ranger debuted on Detroit's WXYZ radio station. The creation of a station, uh, station owner, William Trendle, and writer Fran Stryker, the masked writer of the Plains, became one of the most popular and enduring Western heroes of the 20th century. Uh, joined by his trusty steed Silver and Native American scout Tonto, the Lone Ranger battled Western outlaws and Native uh, Americans. Neither Trendle nor Stryker had any connections to or experience with cowboys, Native Americans, and pioneers of the real West, but that mattered very little to them. The men simply wanted to create an American version of the masked swashbuckler made popular by the silent movie of uh, Douglas Fairbanks in The Mar Mark of Zorro, arming their hero with a revolver and rather than a sword. Historical authenticity was far less important to the men than fidelity to the strict code of conduct they established for their character. The Lone Ranger never smoked, swore, drank alcohol. He used grammatically correct speech uh, free of slang, and most important, he never shot to kill. More offensive to modern historical and ethnic sensibilities was the Scott Tonto, who spoke in comical native language patios, uh, totally unrelated to any authentic indigenous dialect. Historical act act accuracy uh, notwithstanding, the radio program was an instant hit. Children liked the steady stream of action, and parents approved of the moral good example offered by the upstanding masked man. Soon picked for the national broadcast over the mutual uh, radio network, over 20 million Americans were tuning in, the Lone Ranger uh, three times a week by 1939. In an early example of the power of the uh, marketing tie-ins, the producers licensed manufacture a vast array of uh, related products, including Lone Ranger guns, costumes, books, and popular comic strip. The Lone Ranger made a significantly effortless transition from ra radio to motion pictures and television. The televised version of Lone Ranger starring Clayton Moore as the Mass Band became ABC's first big hit in the early 50s. Remaining on air until 1957, the program helped define the golden age of TV Western and inspired dozens of imitators like The Range Rider, The Roy Rogers Show, and The Adventures of Wild Bill Hickok. Especially meaning, meaningful to me as I used to listen to these radio programs, just with a few sounds they could uh, create, the, make in the imagination the real things that were going on over the sounds of the radio. It was an incredible time, an incredible, incredible medium. And <clears throat> uh, Amos and Andy, there's so many great shows that uh, were on radio that uh, created just a real uh, a source of stories for the imagination. 
Well, stocks had a strong start to the week with the S&P 500 and the Dow once again hitting new records. That's mostly thanks to a boom in big tech as investors anticipate a slew of high-profile earnings, not to mention the Fed meeting that's coming up this week. Hunter Biden's former business associate Rob Walker confirmed Chinese firm CEFC wired him $3 million as a thank you payment for work during uh, Joe Biden's vice presidency, according to the House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer. Walker, a key figure in the Biden family's Chinese and Romanian business dealings, testified before Congress on Friday about the relationship the Bidens had with both the CEFC and Romanian oligarch uh, Gabriel Popovichu. Uh, the interview confirmed Hunter Biden and his associates' work with the Chinese government-linked energy company began over a year before Joe Biden left the vice presidency, but the Bidens and their associates held off being paid by the Chinese while Joe was in office, Comer said in a press release. The Chinese company paid Hunter Biden and his associates $3 million shortly after Joe Biden left office as a thank you for the work they did while Joe Biden was in office. You think Joe Biden is compromised to the Chinese, communist Chinese government? I certainly would suggest there is clear evidence that he is. Well, as the 2024 election begins in earnest, each side is setting on their key topics and gun control is a favorite of the Democrats. But they should be careful pushing too hard because the latest data about who is buying and shooting guns looks a lot like a list of liberal Democrat voters. New shooters are more likely to be black, Democrats, Hispanic or Latino, younger, female, and from a large city or suburb, said a report from the industry's trade group, the National Shooting Sports Foundation. There are large increases in the percentages of new shooters who are young, female, and from a large city or suburban area. Their latest firearm owner and uh, sports shooting participation report provided by Two Secrets added, compared to the 2020, the percentage of new shooters who are Democrats nearly doubled. The NSFF... NSFSF said the percentage of adults who shoot for fun has almost doubled. Nearly 25% of all adults in the country shoot and buy guns and ammo. Amazing. So gun control may not be the big push here for the Democrat Party. Senator Joe Joe Manchin from West Virginia stirred speculations of his U.S. presidency run by calling for an end to political polarization. The outgoing senator revealed that he could absolutely see himself as president and criticized the current administration for leaning too far left while he called President Joe Biden a good, decent man, calling into question his (laughs) judgment of character. He expressed concern over a political uh, second term for Biden, fearing a far-left-dominated White House. In response, Biden and aides are reportedly trying to distance themselves from B- Manchin and are hoping he decides against the independent run. The senator suggests he might join the centrist No Labels group, which is currently experiencing turmoil internally over whether to have a Republican or a Democrat atop the ticket. Uh, when uh, makes me smile to say that. When asked about his political goals, Manchin revealed he wants to be able to bring this country back together, saying, I truly believe we have more in common than we've ever had that divides us. He added that it was time for Americans to unite and heal after the heated 2020 elections and ongoing political divisions. Uh, The senator's comments come as the United States faces mounting challenges on multiple fronts, including an ongoing pandemic, a wavering economy, and rising geopolitical tensions. For the most part, I think all of these problems, or most of these problems, were created by the current administration. 
Well, U.S. officials said uh, yesterday, American Air Defenses failed to intercept a weekend drone strike in northeast Jordan that killed three U.S. troops because the incoming drone was mistaken as an American one. A U.S. drone had been scheduled to return to the military base known as Tower 22 following a surveillance mission at the same time as the uh, incoming hostile drone. Excuse me. The Pentagon uh, also identified the three slain officers and raised the number of wounded U.S. troops to at least 47. Roughly 350 U.S. military personnel were deployed at the base at the time. U.S. officials believe Iran-backed militants are behind the Jordan strike. Iran denies being involved. At least 165 attacks on U.S. troops, 98 in Syria, 66 in Iraq, and one in Jordan have occurred since Israel-Hamas war began in October. Separately, Israeli, Israeli intelligence shared with the U.S. claims that at least 12 U.N. workers have ties to Hamas on the October 7th attack and roughly, get this, 10% of the 13,000 person staff in Gaza for that U.N. agency has overall affiliations to the militant groups. Hmm. And we continue to fund. Well, we stop funding and hopefully we'll... Uh, There's a problem with, uh, of course, the people here in in Gaza, but uh, nevertheless, we shouldn't be funding or paying for the funding of uh, Israel's foes. The world is awaiting President Joe Biden's response to a drone attack in Jordan over the weekend. In his statement Sunday, Biden said, we know the attack was carried out by radical Iran-backed militant groups operating in Syria and Iraq and pledged to respond to the despicable and wholly unjust attack. That statement raised questions about what the response could look like, and if it would serve, be severe enough to escalate to a border war in the region. White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby said the White House is briefly briefing uh, Monday that the, the administration does not want a war and does not want to escalate. What a message to send to them, huh? But we will absolutely do what is required to protect ourselves and to continue that mission and to respond appropriately to these attacks said Kirby. Kirby went on to say that he would not get ahead of the president's decision-making and give much information about our response could look like. He said Biden is weighing the options before him and reiterated that uh, groups responsible for the attack are backed by Tehran, the capital of Iran. So stay tuned. I mean, all of this, in my opinion, probably would would not have happened if uh, a strong president were in place and had the respect of those around the world and also the fear of uh, our enemies like Uh, Tehran and Iran. Elon Musk said Dundee that the first human has received an implant from Neuralink, a company he co-founded. The implant enables the individual to control their body using thoughts. Despite Musk not revealing details about the patient, he did state that they're recovering well and that the initial results show promising neuron spike detection. The primary intention of the implant is to help paralyzed individuals move their bodies with the help of their thoughts. Neuralink, the brain-machine interface company, received FDA clearance to test its implant in humans in May of 2023, a crucial development for the startup. Before this, the company could only conduct tests on pigs and monkeys. The ideal candidate for the first human trial of the Neuralink implant should be an adult younger than 40 whose four limbs are paralyzed. According to Ashley Vance, a writer for Bloomberg, the surgery involves a craniectomy. 
that takes a couple of hours for the surgeon to perform. Afterwards, a robot performs the insertion of the chip in the area of the brain that controls the hands, wrists, forearms, which takes roughly 25 minutes. The company's primary objective is to demonstrate that it's safe to collect valuable data from this particular section of the brain. It's a significant step for Neuralink on its quest to make it possible for computers to understand a range of commands from people's thoughts. It's just amazing science, isn't it? Can you believe that? Uh, Getting the uh, brain open and then having a robot insert a chip and all of a sudden the whole notion that somehow, someway, paralyzed limbs could operate is just amazing. Uh, And hat off to Elon Musk. What What an innovator he is. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples, uh, longest established air conditioning company. Hope you'll give them a call. Johnson'sAirConditioning.com is the website. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is LifeInNaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Kathleen Passanova, our Florida State Senate President. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. And now serving dinner, 4 to 8 p.m., Wednesdays through Saturdays, a terrific menu. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, 
Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us our Florida State Senate President, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Uh, I understand this week you, uh, up in Tallahassee you'll be addressing the budget. Yeah, we um, all the subcommittees have finished their work, uh, you know, in the various budget silos and produced their initial budgets, which are, have now are going to the, the big appropriations uh, committee this week. So everybody, everybody, we have 300 amendments that have been filed uh, with various budget requests. So um, to be, it should be an interesting week. <laughs> it certainly will. So how's it looking though? Is the budget going to be uh, within the, is it going to be manageable? In other words, is it going to be larger than last year? Well, uh, the, the governor has indicated he would like to see um, a budget stabilized no more than last year and hopefully less. Uh, you know, trying to be a little more fiscally responsible. Uh, you know, even though our economy is booming in Florida, um, it's an exercise, I understand. So we'll see. We were at about $117 billion last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now we're... We stand as around 116 billion in the Senate, and the House is uh, about that. Little different um, priorities, so you know we'll match all that up in the coming weeks. You know, I recall when uh, Governor Scott was in office. Uh, one of the big concerns was, of course, our reserves because of what the insurance and uh, you know just for a number of reasons we just didn't have the reserves for a catastrophe. How are we looking right now? Oh, we're we have robust reserves. Uh, we'll probably have between I don't know five and five and seven billion dollars in reserves. Uh, also, the governor is committed to paying down our debt, which is you know the bonds that we have issued for big construction projects, and so we paid down um, a big portion of it the last year or two, and he's committed to pay down more, which we will as well. <laughs> by the end of his term, he wants to have no debt, which wow. is probably a miracle. You know, I don't think there's any state without any debt. It's amazing when you think about what's happening in California, $68 billion deficit last year. And around the nation, you know, uh, these states are considering raising taxes, looking for new ways to get revenue just because they've loaded themselves up with debt. We are so That's fortunate right. to have such a responsible legislator, legislation as, as legislatures, I should say, as well as a governor uh, to uh, face these issues. Yeah, um, and, and our economy uh, is so robust, so strong. Um, that, you know, every time we have a revenue estimating conference, it comes in a billion higher than we anticipated. Isn't so, great? you know, it's, it's people are moving to Florida and they're spending money here. Which is fantastic, and for the most part, as I understand it, the people that are moving here are people who like the politics of the governor and the legislature. I think I think you're right. Uh, that's obviously when you look at the what the registrations to vote, uh, the, we have far surpassed the Democrats, um, and our, our state is considered no longer a purple state. It's very red at very, this point. Indeed. So uh, uh, before I let you go, any kind of uh, legislative update or controversial legislation that's being proposed? 
Well, it, it, you know, all of my uh, legislation that we've passed uh, in the Senate uh, is moving uh, seamlessly through the House, uh, very few no votes. Uh, the Speaker has a priority, uh, HB1, which is um, uh, the Internet issue, the social media issue for minors. And uh, his bill, uh, which I support, prohibits... Uh, those under 16 from actually using social media. The devil will be in the details there. The uh, governor uh, wants to include a provision that they can with parental consent. Mm. And so uh, we, we don't know where we're going to go with that, um, but I'm sure it'll work out in the end. Now, I, I suppose this is because of the background of uh, the level of depression, suicide, uh, this, the yes. many responses that kids, and also the isolation that occurs because kids are just so addicted to uh, social media. Is it to the Internet in general, or is it social media? The social media, not the Internet itself, because obviously they need it for school, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, TikTok, uh, there's a little bit of an issue with face, uh, Facebook. You know, part of the problem is these companies deliberately target kids. Yeah. Um, and they know what they're doing uh, to them, getting these kids addicted. And, um, you know, you're absolutely right. The, the suicide, the, the bullying, the isolation, the emotional problems that come from that. If we don't, if we don't get a handle on it, it's going to spiral out of control as these kids grow into adulthood. Well, we got to be concerned about the kids, but how about the adults? I mean, I, what I observe, my thought is that we see these social media companies uh, somewhat uh, identifying uh, the wants and aspirations of the people that get on the Internet, and they start creating an echo chamber for those that are in, yeah. in, in agreement. And the consequence is it's very uh, divisive. It's very, it creates all kinds of bad feelings as a consequence. I wonder if we shouldn't be taking a look at the whole thing. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, and unfortunately, Congress is going to have to do something because, you know, what we do in Florida isn't going to make a difference when you have something like, uh, you know, all these Internet providers and, yeah. and social media companies are countrywide and, and worldwide. And, you know, you can't just isolate Florida. Uh, although they can, um, they are doing that for some of the gaming apps uh, because of our laws that they don't work in Florida. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, so interesting the environment right now. But just genuinely value the work that you're doing and the work of the legislature right now because it's uh, again Florida. Every time I take a look at the news across the country and seeing what other states are going through and what's yeah. happening, everything from school choice, you name it. I mean, we are the free state of Florida. Very grateful okay. for the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Again, Kathleen Pasanova, our Florida State Senate President, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Morton, so we'll find out what's new with Boo, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? 
Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by part by Tim Garrett, candidate for Collier County Supervisor of Election. Tim's a great guy. He's a 33-year resident of Collier County, a military veteran, a retired sheriff's officer, and a graduate of the FBI National Academy. He stands for Safe, Secure, and Ethical Elections in Collier County. Vote for Tim Garrett and check out his website, votefortimgarrett.com. Paid for by Tim Gret, Republican for Cuyahoga County Supervisor of Elections. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seaton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo Boo. It makes me smile every time I say that. Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast and former voice of Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, I have to say it's always my pleasure to be here. And we are going to talk about politics, but I have one short question to ask you because it's so relevant going on right now with the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift, Uh does she add to the football experience or does she detract? Well, some think that she detracts, but I can tell you she's contributing to the success of the NFL because uh, viewership is up <laughs> when when she's in the stadium. So, And uh, also, uh, her politics in 2020, she promoted Joe Biden. I don't know where she stands uh, this election cycle, but uh, she she's going to make a difference in terms of uh, not only the Super Bowl, but the politics here in the nation. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, I know. People are going to vote because of... <laughs> In the same way that Taylor Swift votes? So let me tell you the state oh, of our... it's worse than I thought. It is. Here's the thing. Apparently, I read one headline. One in five voters will be influenced how, on what uh, Taylor Swift thinks in politics. Well, that wraps it up. <laughs> well, but here's the interesting... What? We don't know where she stands this, this election. So, you know, Snoop Dogg 
is now a fan of uh, Donald Trump. And last uh, last cycle, he was uh, against Donald Trump. So things could change. No, it could. He stopped smoking dope and maybe he's got a clearer head and has gone toward Trump. Who knows? All I know is Americans right now have, and the word is, dismal view of the politics. 65% say they feel exhausted when thinking about politics. Yeah. And I can understand it. Only 4% of Americans say that the political system is working well. Six in 10 say they have no confidence at all in the future of the U.S. political system. And I think that's because, in large part, because they don't have confidence in the elect- electoral process. In other words, the integrity of the elections. I wish we would just take steps across the nation to fix. You know, they do it right in France. What they do in France is uh, you know, they have the election. The election closes at 6 o'clock, about 8 o'clock or 8.30 at night. They got the results. They count the paper ballots. <laughs> it's not comp- uh, It's not complicated. Uh, but we insist on inserting mail-in ballots and all kinds of thin uh, machines and so forth. And it, it really... Uh, creates, uh, I think, the perception of corruption, if not actually the corruption itself. Well, they also say the majority of uh, back age and term limits and eliminating the electoral college. Well, I could see term limits. I'm not so much in favor of the electoral college. Uh, What the implication of that would be that we'd uh, operate with with a uh, popular vote. Right, and uh, I think what you may as well see, you just see candidates just going to New York City and to the big cities and campaigning because the rest of the country would make a difference. Well, that's true. Well, I think it's it, it, it's expressing it's indi- an indication of the frustration and the anger that people have toward politicians. Like right now, that the people think that the choices, the candidate choices. And the word is underwhelming. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think a lot of people are uh, somewhat uh, distant from the process. In other words, it's so important right now. I think there's so much at stake for this country. $34 trillion in debt, international crises all around the world. Uh, Our border totally open, 10 million people coming through. God knows how many terrorists that are uh, right now Brian, in secret that's cells. That's really scary. Oh, it's so scary. And, you know, the only solution right now is involvement and uh, the concern of the American electorate. And if they don't take an interest right now, we are doomed. Well, a lot of people don't like it, either of the political parties. It's not It's not one versus the other. They don't like either of them. I'll be and, honest. And the, the, what we view of the political institutions, it's at a historic low. People are frustrated, they're angry, it's all this infighting. You know what? Maybe we ought to elect Taylor Swift. (laughs) Well, the music would be good. Let's just go for a change. (laughs) And she can have Snoop Dogg as a running mate. So here's the thing. Uh, In in my opinion, uh, Donald Trump is running, and he doesn't have the support of the Republican Party. Doesn't have doesn't have the support of the deep state of the the establishment the political elite, you know he's running as an, in a sense as an independent voting and voting running for the people. Now to me, 
in my sense, I don't like the Republicans or the Democrats either. But what I do want, and what I do want, is somebody who's in office, who is not corrupt, who isn't taking money for special interests, who will represent our interests as American people. I think that really speaks to why he is so uh, popular among the people that support him. Yeah, you know, there's an inverse relationship. It seems like the more trouble he gets into, the more the crazier people are for him. That's exactly Go right. Figure. Well, and it, of course, this all has to do with the lawfare. Everything has to do with anything to stop Trump. Anything to stop Trump. And we've seen it on every front. And, uh, you know, and, and it's primarily because the, the moneyed class realize that they have no influence. The political elite, they realize they have no influence with, uh, with Donald Trump. Now, he may do things that they like, or he may do just things they don't like, but the point is he's, uh, he's reduced the influence of the special interests. Well, do you think he's going to get elected? Boo, uh, you know, <clears throat> if in fact the people are able to speak and the elections are fair, I think he would be elected. Of course, there's a lot of slip between the cup and the lip, uh, and uh, we'll see if the elections are fair. I think they, we've, uh, I think we've uh, helped heal some of the process in the last four years or three years, but uh, whether the elections will be fair, I have no idea. I don't either, and there's such a polarization of, of uh, the politics. I just wonder if a lot of people are just going to say, you know what, I'm going to vote independent, I'm going to take a pass on this. I don't like either of them. Well, you know, there are other choices. Uh, RFK Jr. Uh, and apparently, well, that's scary. And, <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, I like RFK. I've, I've, I've read his books. I think he's a, he has a, he's a brilliant mind, and I think he would, has great leadership qualities. Unfortunately, he backs things that I couldn't possibly support, and uh, that, that has to be concerned. Uh, on the other hand, Joe Manchin is saying, hey, I, I want to pull the country together. The guy's so naive, <laughs> but he's thinking about running on the uh, on a, a party. I forgot the name of it now. The No Choice Party or something like that. Anyhow, so there's other candidates that are emerging. We, this election process is not over, and uh, for those independents that say I can't vote for either of these candidates, they do have some other choices. Do you think that uh, major donors have too much influence? Well, I think what happened as a result... Money talks? Yeah, I think money does. You know, as I heard one uh, congressman say when he retired, you know, we have the best government that money can buy. And by by that, of course, he meant that the special interests have so much influence. And I look at Nikki Haley. I mean, she's uh, funded by the uh, the, uh, military-industrial complex. I mean, she would be a bad choice for us. We'd be at war all the time, quite frankly. So, yeah, I think there's two. But right now, with Donald Trump uh, uh, actually having success in the last two primaries, I think he somewhat neutered the money class of people who are trying to, the, the never Trumpers who are, had all the money are saying, you know what, it looks like it's going to be him and we can't do anything about it. Yeah, I think there is. Don't you think there's too much money in politics? Always has been? Well, <clears throat> I think there's something to that. The, the Supreme Court. Uh, said that money is voice. In other words, it is a First Amendment right to be able to spend money on candidates that you support. They did create some limits to it, but I think you're right. We in everything we've done in order to kind of limit the influence of special interests, it's only made it worse <laughs> because there's more money coming into politics now than ever. I don't know about you, 
but I must get 30 or 40 emails a day asking me for money for different political interests. You're on a different mailing list. <laughs> yeah. I don't get any. Uh, well, uh, you know, what I figured out and is that uh, if you give money to any candidate or to anything, Republican Party, Democrat, whatever it might be, you're, they actually sell your name and, and distribute your name to other people, and you end up on all kinds of lists. So uh, uh, it makes sense just not to respond that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think there's just such a frustration. It seems like the press is constantly focused on the divisiveness between the two parties. They pay more attention to those conflicts. And in the meantime... What's getting done? I know. Well, you it know, it seems like nothing is getting done. Unfortunately, the news, the media outlets, it's clicks. It, you know, if you can get somebody to click on you, <laughs> that's that's what they're looking for. It's so they're not concentrating and focusing on the news and being the fourth estate to make sure that we're well informed. Uh, it has a t totally different function. It's all about profitability now, and uh, it's just an unfortunate state of affairs. I, I do recommend, Boo. Tucker Carlson has put out a couple of things on uh, what's happening in Canada, and it is outstanding. If you think it's bad here, you should see what's happening up there in terms of their uh, uh, fourth state, in terms of the press and uh, free speech and all the things that are going on. So uh, as bad as things are here, we should be grateful for what we have. Wow. I didn't know Canada was in that bad of shape. Yeah. Go to Tucker Carlson's, uh, just to Google Tucker Carlson's uh, show, and uh, take a look at his speech in Alberta, his speech in Edmonton, and his uh, discussion with uh, a guy who's uh, par part of the truckers union or truckers uh, movement up in uh, Canada. Just came out yesterday. Boo, it's always a pleasure. You always bring up such interesting things. Thank you so much for joining us here in the show. You could run as Taylor Swift's <laughs> vice president. Think about it, Bob. I'll give it some thought. Thanks, Boo. <laughs> Well, all right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. 
Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, <clears throat> changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you could get tickets for some great performances coming up. Visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with my wife, Linda, for the last segment of the show. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley. He's the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Well, uh, your latest column certainly speaks to the whole uh, purpose of your business, which is, of course, less government. There's no, uh, there's almost no constituency in D.C. for shrinking D.C. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, it's just, you know, I'm, and of course, I'm watching CNBC like I always subject myself to every morning, and they're, and they're now interviewing all the billionaire donors that are backing <clears throat> Nikki Haley in the primary. And it's just another example of this is D.C. versus the U.S. Right. I mean, here you have the, the big players in D.C. Uh, backing someone that the people don't want. They don't want Nikki Haley. The Republican primary voters do not want Nikki Haley, yet here we are. And um, so it's just it, it, Donald Trump was a fundamentally transformational political figure, whether or not you like it or not. Right. But the fact of the matter is, he drew the he drew the distinction. It finally became clear to more people, of, of, of millions of more people, that this this is a war between D.C. and the U.S. And the fact that everybody in D.C., left, right, and center, all you know, the alleged conservatives, people call it conservative Inc., you know, incorporated, you know, mm-hmm. in the business, they rallied against Trump. Yeah. They were against Trump, um, and it, just the institutional because it's. You know, it's a six-plus trillion-dollar-a-year business. That's how much they're spending every year of our money. Right. And if you if someone comes along and says, well, "I'm going to shrink that," well, everybody that's in on the scam is going to be opposed to you, even if they are allegedly conservative. That is so true. That is absolutely. You may be true. one of the. You you may be one of the ones shrunk. Yeah. You know, and and uh, you know you, you got to, just to give a couple of examples of allegedly conservative. The, the people on the allegedly conservative side that would be opposed to a Trump policy per pantheon it doesn't even have to be from Trump anymore. It's, you know, the military industrial complex. Right. Uh, you know how you avoid getting troops killed in Syria? You yeah. don't have your troops in irrelevant foreign country. Right. That's how you avoid it. We don't escalate the war because they shot at people that shouldn't have been there in the first place. Right. You clean up the mess and you get the heck out. 
Well, that that's a lot of business for a lot of people. Not funding Ukraine, mm-hmm. a lot of business for a lot of people. Um, even okay, another example: trade. Trump imposed tariffs because other countries subsidize their crap and then send it over here, which undercuts domestic manufacture. Right. Uh, a major conservative player in D.C. started a trade group under under his umbrella in October of 2020, before Trump had even lost, almost as if he knew something was up. And the, 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 basically the trade group he started was to reverse all Trump's trade policies yeah. and get back to you know, the big business lobbies that had spent the last several decades moving manufacture overseas where they get subsidized and, and get cheap labor and slave labor and can use real energy, by the way, while we use fake energy, all of which makes it cheaper to produce, and then they send it over here. Well, they're the ones lobbying in D.C. for great, better treatment of China because yeah. that's where most of our manufacturing is done now. And this guy's on, this guy's on, the, on the party. He's on the bandwagon. He's, on, he's in the swamp, and he starts, he, he starts a group to reverse all of Trump's trade policies before Trump even loses the election. Yeah. And, and, and I use loose, lose in the loosest possible term. Uh, of course. Uh, uh, definition of the word. But, but the point is, there are a bunch of people that are allegedly conservative in D.C. that hate Trump. Not just because, not, not because of his tweets, not because of his brash Queens, New York persona, but because the, his policy pantheon fundamentally threatens their business model and their way of life. That is so true, Seton. I'm so glad. I mean, I, I firmly believe every word that you just said. It's absolutely atrocious. And we, we wouldn't have tariffs if uh, there was free trade. Unfortunately, uh, right. the tariffs are a response to unfair trade practices by other countries. That's right. It's, it's a what what the what the conservative to whom I reference is doing is unilateral disarmament. Mm-hmm. It's us pretending it's a free market and getting rid of all impediments, right? When the rest of the world is not doing that, yeah. And that's just suicide. That's national suicide. And he's doing he's he's helping commit national suicide to appease big businesses who have spent the last several decades screwing America and moving jobs overseas. That's that's who he's that's who he's answering to. That's who he's acting on the behalf of. No, and it's just I, I'm so nauseous of the place. I left the freaking country. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Seton is in Belize, uh, and to quite frankly, my imagination about his life there is so <laughs> it's like a wonderful dream. It's unbelievable. But it's pretty great. Yeah, yes. And, but uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that uh, for the most part, rhinos for most. People in the Republican Party, unfortunately, they they want the same thing as Democrats and just want to do it slower. Right, and, and I I made this point many many years ago. I said I think we're we're misapplying the term Rhino Republican in name only. If ninety five percent of the party is that way, right. Aren't the conservatives the Rhinos? Yes, you're right. I'm only I'm only a Republican. I'm a conservative. Yeah, I'm only a Republican because they're less terrible than the Democrats. Right. I'm not. I'm not an enthusiastic. You know, I'm. I, I'm not wearing my elephant party hat every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm begrudgingly a member of this of this kleptocratic party because it's slightly less awful than the other party. Right. The rhinos are me and you. Right. We're the rhinos. Exactly. The, the 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 Republican establishment is. I mean, if if, if you know, it's like saying, <laughs> you know, you've got 
one percent of the population's in Mensa or whatever, and you're saying, well, that's the normal person in America. No, it's not. Well, <laughs> no, it's whatever, not. whatever level we stick on it, we have to save the country right now because we can't sustain thirty-four trillion dollars in debt, open borders, and the other things that are going on right now. It is a, a travesty. And oh, and, and by the way, real quick, that's another issue where the Republicans are awful. Is is on on the on the border issue. Right. They want the cheap labor. So they they oppose Trump's efforts to close the border. So true. Again, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, I encourage you to visit the very robust website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They get the politics, they know policy, and they help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in their elected offices. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden, my beautiful wife. It's cold out. It is cold out. And I'm not happy about it. By the way, we're going to a meeting today for the Foundation for Government Accountability. I know. I'm looking forward to that, but we have to bundle up. Oh, well, you certainly do. It's, it's cold. What's in Florida? What's wrong with this? Uh, I know. You know, my, my cousin's husband emailed me the other day and said, oh, well, we have an um, unusually warm spell going on in Minnesota. 
we're freezing to death and they're having a warm spell. Something's not right here. I know. When, when he says warm spell, though, it's got to be above freezing. Is that what? <laughs> no, it's in the 40s. Oh, really? So what, what he thinks is warm, we're freezing to death. The, the, everything is upside down in this world, which, which brings us to the topic at hand. Indeed. Before we get to the topic at hand, though, I do want to mention that Clerk Crystal Kinzel is pleased to announce that the registration is open for the fourth annual Valentine's Day Wedding and Vow Renewal Ceremony. Now, that's coming up in just a couple of weeks at the Eva Sugden Gomez Center at Baker Park on February the 14th on Valentine's Day. <clears throat> I just encourage you, if this sounds interesting to you, you got to check it out. Uh, there's no cost involved except for a marriage license if you're getting married and uh, to renew your vows, whatever you want to do. Uh, just go to the uh, website, callyourclerk.com, callyourclerk.com. That sounds kind of interesting, doesn't it? It's almost our wedding anniversary. I know. And Valentine's Day. I know. Well, how many years has it been? 49. 49 years for us. Very happy and proud, and it just gets better all the time. All the time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we like each other. It's a good thing. <laughs> so what's on your mind today? Well, the, the world is upside down. You know, it, the first thing that comes to mind is those those poor young people. Well, one of them was 40, well, young to us, mm-hmm. um, but 23 and 24 years old who were um, killed in their sleep. In oh, with that drone strike. And in. the drone strike. And... Um, you know, I, I don't know if you saw this, but on social media, um, it was um, that Joy Reid, that woman that has that show on MSNBC, was caught in a hot mic moment, mm-hmm. which said Biden, which, when she said Biden is starting another effing war. And and that kind of says it all. I mean, mm-hmm. she, I mean she's going to Who suffer. watches that nonsense, anyhow? Well, virtually no one, but, but here's the deal. Um this man, this illegitimate buffoon that's occupying the White House is destroying not only the country but the whole world because he's got, he's got everybody killing everybody else all over the world. Now, my personal belief is that if President Trump were in office, these people would not be doing what they're oh, doing there's because, no question. because they'd understand that, that they, would be, they would have fear and respect for the office of presidency of the United States. Let's just go back in time for just a second. Um, this this whole thing in Ukraine is is a whole mean plot to get money laundering through Ukraine and all these. What did forty billion dollars <coughs> has been has been uh, used nefariously to to for things that shouldn't be used in. Keep in mind that Trump, when he was looking into what was going on in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. That's when everybody, all the left-wing uh, people in Congress, wanted to impeach him because he was doing something, quote unquote, he wouldn't, he shouldn't be doing by by having this horrible phone call with the president of Ukraine, looking into the corruption. Right. Meanwhile, now they're saying, "Oh wow, all this money, forty billion dollars, has been used." has been laundered to to enrich oligarchs in Ukraine, and they impeached Trump. Let me see. Guantanamo Bay isn't big enough for all the people (laughs) who who got their hands dirty uh, pointing their fingers at Trump. Oh, which reminds me, speaking of that, let's talk about Nancy Pelosi for just a second. All right. So so Nancy Pelosi um, accused Trump of being... uh, uh, 
what do I, what do I want to say about uh, demonizing the Chinese people when when he was saying that the that the the uh, COVID virus came from from China. Yeah. The China virus. Oh, that was that was racism and that was everything's racism. Give me a break. I know. So so now these these Palestinian protesters confronted Nancy Pelosi at her home in San Francisco and she was demonizing Trump for being racist. She told these people to go back to China where they came from. <laughs> it boy, it's a it's a uh, well, you know, the, when it comes back to bite you, it does on on videotape. Yeah, there's nothing that you know. Nancy Pelosi is about as sincere as a smile on a tap dancer's face. I mean, she has she everything she says has political in, implications, and she has. To me, she's no demonstrated no actual core of uh, ethics or belief. Well, she, well, she told we she told the, or their press corps how to how to get a story. Don't forget that. I mean, the media is behind her a thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, but she told the media all you need to do to 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 uh, nail somebody is is start a story, give it to the press, and let them run with it. You know, uh, which you're reminding me something so important. Uh, we watched three episodes of Tucker Carlson while he was in. Uh, Canada, mm -hmm. and uh, if you think the politics are bad here, wait until you see what Tucker Carlson has to say about. He gave a speech in Alberta, one in Edmonton, and he also interviewed a guy who was a, one of the truckers in the trucker convoy up in. Canada. Right, and and some of his compatriots are still in jail, kind of like our J six. And, and that guy, this guy, by the way, is living in New York now. He fled. Canada because mm -hmm. of the threats, political threats, and so Justin forth. Trudeau, it, it Justin Trudeau, the cross-dressing premier. Yeah, that Tucker calls him the cross-dressing premier. In any event, uh, I just highly recommend for our listeners to. Oh, by the way, Tucker Carlson filled two huge stadiums because he is so popular there. What does that tell you? I know. Uh, I just uh, go to just Google Tucker Carlson to make sure you watch not just these three episodes, but he has. Everything that he says is so important to us right now, and uh, I just really commend Tucker Carlson for the contribution he's making now to our cultural scene. Well, and and you know what? God bless Tucker Carlson because he has no fear. I mean, he's just telling he's out there telling speaking, the truth, telling the truth, and and that's so important. The the um, other gentleman that he was talking with, the psychologist Jordan Peterson, he and I, he and. He and uh, Tucker had a back and forth that was so interesting, and the moderator was Conrad Black. Remember that? Yes, I who, do. Who was a big media guy in uh, in Canada and a huge Trump supporter. And and uh, Conrad Black said some really great things about Trump. That Trump is so loyal to him when Conrad Black was going through some some bad times. But uh, that interaction between those three men were was absolutely. Uh, I mean, you couldn't take your eyes off them. It was so well, good. Absolutely. Well, let, let's leave with that. I, I just uh, really commend our listeners to make sure that you're hearing the commentary of Tucker Carlson. It's so important to our cultural and political scene right now. You know what? Can I just say that yeah. at, at, on Tucker Carlson Network, um, he, he's got a paywall up to listen to most of this stuff. It's $72 a year. But, oh, my goodness, we are getting so much content for $72 a year. I can't even believe it. Absolutely. Linda, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. I've, I consider this to be kind of a learning experience, one of the reasons I enjoy doing the show. In any event, uh, I hope you'll tune in tomorrow. We've got some great guests, including Bob Levy, the Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute, and Professor Andrew Joppa will be joining us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>
much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.